Hello, and welcome to Hello and welcome to Colloquiopedia, your new short, sharp weekly show where we take a popular word or discipline from today's media zeitgeist and attempt to understand it in a little bit more layman's terms. Uh, I think particularly in today's media and tech sectors, because everything's evolving so quickly, it's very easy to have a kind of vague background, back of mind, understanding of what we think something is without really fully engaging and comprehending those terms, you know, sometimes on an individual level. Uh, so that is what Colloquiopedia will attempt to do. And for this first episode, I thought were better to begin than to talk about the term podcast itself. A lot of us know about podcasts. Uh, some of us may love them, others may not be so keen. But I think we can all agree that they've become a key component within the media landscape today. The Oxford Google Dictionary definition of a podcast is a digital audio file made available on the internet for downloading to a computer or mobile device, typically available as a series, new installments of which can be received by subscribers automatically. Wikipedia tells us that a podcast is a portmanteau, good word, of iPod and broadcast and the earliest known use thereof being traced to Guardian columnist and BBC journalist Ben Hammersley. But what does that all mean to the human brain in 2024? What is podcasting? Why did it become so popular? How does it function as an industry? Where are we today? And so on and so forth. Uh, joining me here to help decipher some of this code is Adam Shepard, editor of campaign magazine's sister podcast PodPod, winner of the British Society of Magazine Editors 2023 Launch of the Year Award, and a man, uh, I think I'm right in saying, with seven plus years experience as a journalist as well for IT Pro. So welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me. Uh, did I get all that right? Hope you absolutely did. You've done your homework. Uh, wonderful. Um, so I think jumping straight in, really, and... Um, a good starting point, as ever, would be if you could please just introduce us to Campaign and to Pod Pod, how it all came about, your involvement with it, and where it kind of sits within the industry today. Absolutely. So anyone working in media or advertising will likely be familiar with Campaign. It is a grandee of the uh, UK advertising industry and sector. It's been around for about 60 years, I think, and is very sort of highly regarded uh, within the industry. Uh, it has branches across the world, and it's part of Haymarket Media Group, which is a uh, publishing house which specializes in business and trade publications across a number of sectors. In 2022, Haymarket decided that it wanted to move into the world of podcasting, not just in terms of creating its own podcast, which it had been doing for a number of years, but in serving the podcast industry, which is becoming a growing force in the media landscape. Podcasting as a medium, of course, has been around for decades, but it's only really in the last sort of 
10 years or so that it's really started to pick up steam and generate a lot of interest, particularly in the media and advertising industries that have existed for decades, if not centuries at this point. So we launched PodPod at the end of 2022. Uh, we've been going for just over a year. And uh, essentially, we are a trade publication for the industry, catering not just to the producers and creators who are on the front lines of making podcasts, but also the network holders, uh, the commissioners, and the advertisers and marketers who are investing in podcasting as a media channel to reach their desired audiences. So we've got the website, we've got daily email bulletins, and of course, we have our weekly PodPod podcast. And I think that that range and depth of uh, content and products that you've got in order to serve, you know, the podcast side of the industry reflects how big and how wide a sector it's become within itself. I want to I want to get onto that before, but just before we we deep dive into that, just to take a step back, really, and looking at everything you know, from a broad point of view, theoretical point of view, in your in your mind, if you were asked, you know, for the elevator pitch or whatever it might be, how would you define a podcast? Like when you when you look at the evolution of them, especially with your kind of uh, background, you know, reporting on IT and tech, when you look at the evolution of them from where they've come to how people actually use them as consumers today, how would you define them and what would you kind of say they were in broad terms? Well, that's an interesting question, particularly at the moment, because the definition of a podcast is changing somewhat. Traditionally, a podcast has been just a, a type of audio content, a way of consuming audio content distinct from radio in that you know you could download it to your you know iPod back in the day or these days to your smartphone listen to it on the go and you'd get new episodes as soon as they were released but the emphasis historically has always been on audio and on the way that audio is delivered to to the listener these days particularly in the last kind of year or so that definition has started to evolve, and that's been particularly caused by the rise of video podcasting. So now, so as podcasts have become more popular, you have got a lot of podcasters who are branching out into putting their podcasts on YouTube and, you know, setting up a sort of simple studio setup, filming their podcast, and then putting it out on both YouTube and their, their podcast platform of, of choice. And as an evolution of that, that's then getting chopped up into short form clips to be put on social media, particularly platforms like Instagram and TikTok. And that has led to a bit of a blurring of the lines where many people now talk about watching their favorite podcasts rather than listening. And there are a good amount of of audiences for podcasts who love a particular podcaster's content, but maybe don't ever actually listen to, to that 
that content through Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other kind of audio channel. They watch them in short form clips on social media, and that's the primary way that they interact with them. As a result, now there is a significant amount of debate within the industry as to whether a podcast is a type of content, a content format, or whether it is a method of delivering content. And both are equally valid from certain perspectives, but it's a it's a significant debate that is going to be a defining one in the future of the media because podcasting as a format in terms of the the type of thing you might think of where it's kind of a host and uh, an interview guest and it's kind of talking head format they're having a sort of long form conversation calling that a podcast whether it's you know across audio or video works fine for stuff in that sort of format but when you start looking at other other formats that you know long form audio has been very well suited to things like uh scripted comedy or drama things like uh, long form multi-part investigations that kind of doesn't fit that sort of definition as well because if you take a long-form investigative documentary and you know film it and put it on youtube what's what defines that as a podcast versus just you know a a filmed documentary series for example yeah that's interesting and i probably because i've come at it from an industry and more of an interview format point of view, I probably had less considered the other stuff in terms of, you know, your, your comedy and your drama and stuff like that. But it does show the kind of etymology of the word of the way, as I say, it's grown up as almost like a platform or a format or even, uh, I guess, a file type with the invention of the iPod and stuff. And we've now in our world kind of come to conceive it as something and that's what I mean about some of these terms it's like we might think we just know something as on like pragmatic or in essentialist quality terms but you're right we have come to know podcasts as something a little bit deeper and a little bit of a more wide-ranging term now haven't we mm. and it it has a knock-on impact as well you know it it might be tempting to look at the the debate around this and go, well, what does it matter what it's called? You know, what does it matter whether a podcast is kind of an audio thing or, you know, an interview thing in any in any format? But it means that when particularly brands and agencies and the advertising and media world thinks of podcasting now, they're much more likely to think of short form video interview stuff than they are to think of you know wider audio content and that muddies the waters a little bit when podcasts and podcast networks that operate outside of that sort of chat-based format are trying to approach these organizations for you know advertising or sponsorship opportunities 
Absolutely. And that brings me on to, you know, one of the other questions I had about this in terms of the evolution of media and where podcast sits within the, the wider media landscape now. I think I've mentioned to you before, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to or I even just see flash up on the Insta or wherever it may be, they come from content creators, as it were, who may in previous incarnations have been rappers or actors or musicians or whatever it might be, and are now basically playing their trade and leveraging their personal brand as podcasters and particularly specifically as you as you allude to in these kind of interview one-on-one forms do you think that uh maybe this is a stupid question but do you think that's reflective of a the popularity of the format and and the way that people want to consume their content and and their conversations these days or do you think it's more about it's it's difficult to monetize old school media. You know, it's more difficult to sell print magazines. People don't sell CDs and records anymore. Everything's digitized. So is it more that one's really popular? So people have migrated to doing that, or is it more that it, it is a product and a package and something that you can compartmentalize and it can be monetized in the way that we used to monetize old media? I think it's a combination one of the really attractive factors about podcasting is that it's really low low friction to get into it's a very easy medium to start up in and if you are someone that wants to to build a brand and someone that wants to maintain a certain level of sort of public visibility let's say podcasting is an excellent way to do that because you can get started relatively easily you know particularly if you've got kind of startup capital on hand to to do it to a really kind of polished level but even if you don't you really don't need more than a smartphone these days to to get started with podcasting and it means you can be putting content out there on a regular basis that allows you to still be in the conversation and allows you to still be you know keeping engaged with your fans and the engagement is another really key principle in this because podcasting is you know particularly the the full you know what for the sake of argument I'll call pure play podcasting you know full length audio content listened to you know through apple podcasts or spotify or whatever Nobody listens to an episode like that by accident, you know? Nobody trips and falls and finds themselves accidentally listening to, you know, an episode of Serial or whatever. It's not like radio or TV where it might just, you know, something might come on in the background while you're doing something else. Podcasting doesn't work like that. So it means that by definition anyone who's listening to those episodes has chosen to engage with you in that way. And more likely than not, they've chosen to engage with quite a lot of your content in terms of time. You know, most podcast episodes range from 30 to 60 minutes, sometimes as high as, you know, a couple of hours. And that is active engagement from a 
from a dedicated core audience. And that is really important for building long-lasting, powerful relationships. Off the back of those relationships, you can then unlock a whole range of monetization options, whether that is for individual personalities, things like live tours, whether that's live music tours or just live recordings of the podcast across kind of a, a given kind of territory. You can sell merch off the back of the podcast. You can sponsor the podcast itself. And as is becoming increasingly popular, you can use podcasting as a sales funnel to drive people towards things like books or online courses or workshops or you know anything essentially and it's become a really powerful tool within particularly within kind of the creator economy to link together different elements of a personal brand and build a wider revenue strategy on top of that you know things like subscriptions are a key example of how that can be used really really effectively to generate stable recurring revenue. Yeah, and I remember seeing this thing Stuart Lee said years ago, the comedian, he was like, you know, there's so much, I mean, in some ways rightly, because, you know, it is, an, it is a numbers game, but there's so much obsession with kind of reach and scope and scale these days. But if you can get like 5,000, I think he said 5,000 people who will pay £10 to come and see you twice a year. And that's like, you know, you've got your kind of base 100K coming in. And I see a lot of that in a sense with podcasting, not necessarily as you point out as a direct revenue generator within itself, but I listened to a couple of the pod pod episodes. I listened to the most recent one with that marketing guy you were talking about. And one thing that seems to exude, particularly, you know, cause you're speaking to people within the industry, it's just the level of enthusiasm. And sometimes if it's not even that you're necessarily doing those massive numbers and getting in front of those massive amounts of eyeballs right away, it's about building up kind of empathy and a connection and all of that stuff from the ground up. And does that speak to something a little bit about today's media that, you know, you don't necessarily always have to have the the quantity, if you've got the quality of relationship there, then you can build things up in that way. Absolutely. It's really, it's helping a lot of media and a lot of media owners and a lot of brands and agencies, to be honest, rediscover the value of niche audiences. You know, digital media has for a long time unlocked huge potential for mass reach really quite easily. And it's it's been a, a sort of fallback for a lot of a lot of organizations, you know, across the the media landscape is kind of focusing on reaching as many people as possible, which you know is is great and is is perfectly valid. But also, there is a huge value to being able to reach a focused audience comprised of the right people for your product or brand or whatever it is you know you might as a as a brand or as a, a media owner not want to reach you know two million people there might not be two million people in your you know total addressable market it might only be a couple of hundred you know if you are for example looking at you know senior mortgage brokers 
for example, that is by definition a limited pool of individuals. And the stuff that's going to appeal to them in a work context probably isn't going to appeal to, you know, a mass audience of hundreds of thousands of people. However, targeting that particular niche for your business or your brand or your publication can have immense rewards if you do it right and you build that that really strong and you know beneficial relationship with that audience if you become a a valued source for that audience and someone that they want to spend time with whose insights and opinions they value that can just that can be so powerful in so many different ways yeah and i think just to to broaden it out again possibly and look from look at it more from a consumer point of view i think one thing that surprised me over the years is that the the video element didn't take over from the audio element maybe as quickly as i might have thought that it did like you know especially when even back in the day like we had vine and stuff i think it's rip vine Oh well, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> some of them immediately spring to mind when you just remember back to it. But do, are you are you surprised in a way by the resilience of audio? I mean, we always used to have this thing in um, in media when we looked at you know different types of media and the way they were being used together, and there'd be one where it could be like listening to the radio maybe while you're reading a magazine and. Do you think maybe back in the day we we underestimated the importance of audio in general a little bit? I mean, I look at the Rajar figures for the radio side these days, and you know, radio seems to be in relatively good health. And and he's surprised that audio in general, whatever kind of format it might be, is as popular as it is in 2024. I'm not because audio is popular for uh, a couple of very good reasons. Audio is, for one thing, a much more intimate medium than video. The, the, the way that our brains respond to the delivery of audio content, whether that's podcast or radio or music or whatever, is different to when there's a visual component. There is a deeper connection. There is more, I don't know, more empathy, I guess. And it it results in the formation of much stronger bonds between the listener and you know whoever's speaking. You know, there's a ton of research on the parasocial relationship that develops between uh, you know audio consumers and the the figures that they're consuming, whether that's podcasts or radio hosts or or whatever. I mean, look at Ken Bruce as an example. You know, a radio legend. But when he moved from the BBC to uh, Bowers, um, Smash It's, no. Greatest Hits. Greatest Hits. um, To Bowers' Greatest Hits radio, that was national news. Everyone was talking about that. And it's because so many people have formed such deep connections with Bruce through the audio medium. There's also, on a practical level, the fact that audio is great for for consumption while we're doing other things. So like hands-free consumption, 
you know, we can just stick the radio on or stick a podcast on while we're doing the washing up or, you know, cleaning or whatever, whatever it might be that requires us to be active and doing things, but where we don't necessarily need to be paying a huge amount of attention. Podcasts and audio in general sit perfectly in that niche. What I am surprised about, or what I was surprised about, is the enduring popularity of radio. Because full disclosure, I am, you know, fully a digital native. I didn't really grow up with radio as an enormous presence in my life i've never been a driver so i haven't kind of relied on on break so i haven't had that kind of relationship with radio uh from that perspective but radio remains hugely popular with huge numbers of people and you know a, a pretty diverse range of people as well it's not a it's not a medium that's aging out of of relevancy particularly and what's interesting about that to me is that it shows that radio and podcasting not only can coexist, but also make really nice compliments to each other. You know, more and more podcasts are being broadcast on radio to fill out programming schedules. More and more talent is hopping from podcasting to radio and vice versa. You know, we've seen a lot of cross-pollination in that space. And it, it illustrates to me that they both serve different but equally important positions within our kind of collective media diet, I think. And is there just a little element as well in like a world of increasing fake news, alternative facts, as some people will call them, obviously, you know, rapidly evolving AI now mm. that we sometimes just trust and feel a little bit more of affinity with those direct human voices in our ears. And even if it's more of an opinion based show, as opposed to, you know, a daily news digest or something, maybe we just feel in an increasingly fragmented media landscape that's increasingly digitized and AI driven, we maybe just feel a little bit more comfortable with those those human voices sometimes. Absolutely. There is much more of a personal element to podcasting, which is partly the methods by which it's it's recorded and produced. You know, the way it sounds often feels more intimate and more kind of DIY, I guess than uh sort of more uh more polished kind of traditional media formats but also podcasting allows for much more specialization you know it allows for much more niche interests which is you know one of the one of the joys of podcasting as a medium if there is something that you enjoy or are interested in or are passionate about guaranteed there is a podcast somewhere that yeah. is catered to that specific niche, probably several. And what that unlocks then is the ability for consumers to really fine tune their media consumption and media diets and really customize what media they're consuming based on their own kind of interests. That, of course, has its downsides. It's then much easier for consumers to accidentally put themselves in bubbles 
it makes it a lot easier for you know some of that kind of fake news and often kind of conspiracy theory adjacent stuff to proliferate through podcasts if all you're listening to is podcasts that are sort of aligned around you know a certain viewpoint it's very easy to kind of intentionally or not to absorb a lot of the the kind of viewpoints from that into your own kind of worldview uh, which can be can be potentially dangerous but it does also mean that as a consumer, you have a lot more choice and a lot more control. Whereas with traditional linear, you're kind of to a certain extent at the at the mercy of what the programmers decide, you know, is the best uh, the best fit for for that slot. Yeah, and a big fan of bursting those bubbles and echo mm. chambers, uh, hence Colloquipedia. Uh, just to make good on my promise to both guest and audience and keep this short and sharp, I'll ask my final question, which is, uh, looking at 2024 and beyond, could you give us an insight, in, in even just in your opinion, from both a B2B and a broader consumer point of view, of maybe two or three of the big trends that you'll you think we'll see taking off in podcasting over the next 12 months and beyond so in terms of the big trends one of the things that uh, we've started to see already and that i'm confident will continue into 2024 is more celebrities getting into podcasting but doing it in a much more targeted way so we saw a lot of celebrity fronted podcasts that were sort of what you might call parachute projects where it's a, a company that has like an idea for a podcast and wants a famous face to front it those historically have not done super well they've not performed particularly well but what we're starting to see now uh, which is, is exemplified by stuff like uh, Wiser Than Me with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and things like Smartless uh, is a a trend of celebrities getting involved in podcasts that they're genuinely passionate about and genuinely kind of align with their interests. And that's proved to be a really powerful combination because you've got the name recognition value of, you know, a well-known celebrity and that authenticity of them really engaging with a with a subject and i think we're going to see a lot more of those kinds of projects where it's you know a known face talking about whatever it is that that is a, a kind of hobby horse for them uh, on top of that i think video is going to be another big wave for 2024 i think one of the interesting things about video is that we've seen over the last year that video hasn't replaced audio for consumers. It's been an additive. So what you're getting is video unlocking new audiences for podcasts that aren't big audio consumers. And that's that's opening up content to a new a new potential audience. It's not taking that audience away from from audio uh, audio listening and it also gives uh it also gives consumers more more options i think we're going to see more podcasts 
moving to video or launching with video as a starting point. I don't think that's going to mean a reduction in the number of podcasts that are that are uh, viable on audio as well. Um, in terms of wider wider trends beyond that, uh, subscriptions is going to be a really big one. The ad industry has been a little bit unsteady over the last year. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> I said I, I'm laughing. It's not. It's no laughing matter. Yeah, it's been <laughs> been horrendous, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty going around, and there are justified concerns when advertisers start pulling back on budgets, start playing it a bit safer with how they're allocating those budgets. You know, it's it's the old it's the old kind of truage that. Nobody ever got fired for playing it safe. And in the ad industry these days, you know, that means things like search and social and digital video are more likely to win out over less less tested and less familiar mediums uh, like podcasting. But I think to compensate for that, a lot of organizations are going to move to subscriptions to have a stable recurring revenue stream that they can use to keep the lights on you know going back to that uh going back to the diversification uh, strategy that i was mentioning earlier that's going to be a key pillar for a lot of companies as ad contracts start to become scarcer they are going to start investing more in their subscription plans and relying on readers to provide that solid bedrock of revenue that they can then build on with things like merchandise, live tours, and advertising as and when it's available. And fingers crossed, the podcast is given its rightful recognition within that. Absolutely. Um, Adam Shepard, thank you so, so much for doing that. Great to get perspective from uh, both a B2B and, as I say, a slightly broader consumer point of view. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.